Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you to all of our listeners. Today we are doing a live show here for Holy Thursday. So in a few minutes, I'm going to be on the YouTube feed, and I'm going to take a look at any uh, comments or anything you guys want to share with us. As I always say, this show is really about you and us and our Catholic faith. So always happy to listen to any comments or thoughts on mental health, questions about deliverance and mental health, and how we can improve our Catholic faith. Today is Holy Thursday. How exciting for us to be at the end of Lent now. We're in the final stretch. And, you know, a lot of people have been, there's a lot of different emotions that can come up at the final stretch of Lent. A lot of people wonder, did I do enough? Did I keep to my Lenten promises? And I've had a few people talk to me and a few uh, patients and just friends and family. I kind of listen to where they're at. I try to get a little gauge as to how they're feeling overall in terms of, you know, we finished up Lent. Did we do the sacrifices we set out to do? Do we feel like we didn't do enough? And this can actually cause a lot of stress and for some people depression as well. Um, because it is such an intense time. A lot of people sometimes feel like they failed. And what I'm here to tell you today is that is far from the truth because we always have our next chance. Today's show is going to be called The Devil and the Cross because there's been a lot of anxiety and a lot of different things that have been happening for some people who have been trying to follow their faith. Um, especially recently, we're going to talk about some news articles, different things going on, and why would it be that Sometimes news articles and violence take center stage as we're getting closer to big Catholic holidays, be it Lent or Christmas or things like that. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But to start off here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, why don't we start off with a prayer? And I want to start off in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's start off with a Hail Mary, asking for her protection here. Um, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All right. Well, what a great day. This is it. I mean, this is this is the big show, right, where we're coming up to Easter. Um, and it can be way very heavy on people to start to see, to prepare for Easter, to prepare to once again face the fact that, Christ gave his life for us on the cross, that it was a very big price to pay for the salvation of our souls. And what I tell most people is, if you think about it, you know, different people prepare in different ways. Sometimes people like to watch the Passion of the Cross. Uh, Sometimes people like to do the gospel readings themselves and read about the Passion of Christ. Um, And these are all great and important things uh, to consider and to do while we are preparing for Easter and as we finish our Lenten season. Um, But one of the things to consider is, as we see this, it's very easy to turn in on ourselves. And this is where, when we talk about deliverance and we talk about Catholic faith, this is where we see the devil wanting to work. The devil wants us to step out of the fact that Jesus did this for us. You know, we can easily look at this and we can see, say, gosh, I get really depressed. I get so sad. And yeah, it is intense and it can be depressing. 
But at the same time, we've got to consider how, excuse me, how valuable are we to God if he's willing to go through these lengths for us? What is the value of our soul? What is the value of eternal life and happiness if God is willing to go to these lengths for us? We have to consider that we need to look at ourselves not so much in a depressed state, but really this is a time where Christ elevated himself on the cross so that he could elevate us to eternal life. That's how valuable we are. When we start seeing each other that way, we can stop feeling sorry for ourselves. We can stop feeling like I'm not good enough or, you know, gosh, I, I failed during Lent. No, guess what? You know, if we didn't, if we stuck to our Lenten promises, we were able to fast correctly, we were able to do our prayers correctly, that's great. I think we're going to come with a renewed, a renewed sense of self. I think today on Holy Thursday, one of the things we need to consider is that even as Christ was on the cross, if we feel like we didn't stick to our promises or we didn't do what we were supposed to do, Christ was on the cross, and even on the cross, he had two people, sat, you know, crucified next to him. You know, they, there were two people crucified next to him, and one of them decided he didn't do good enough, and Christ was not going to be good enough either. He decided to mock him. He decided to say, if you're the Son of God, get yourself down from that cross and get us down as well, right? So this happens on, on, on Good Friday. But today is the day that we're preparing for it. Are we going to be there? Are we going to be crucified with Christ? And are we going to be the thief who even at the last moment recognized, no, guess what? You know, he is Christ. And Christ, even in this moment, I haven't done anything well, but I can repent. I can see you as the Christ. And I realize that there is no such thing as time for God and in the light of eternity, I can go back and I can fix myself. I can prepare myself for the resurrection. I can prepare myself through sacrificing even now. Personally, I want to let my, my listeners know, um, I haven't really been on the email, so if you've been emailing me this week, just like Jesse was saying, if you were listening to the Jesse and Terry show earlier, I've been trying to preserve this week for Christ and for sacrifice. So everything I've been doing, I've been trying to stay away from electronics. I've been trying to stay away from anything that's not biblically related. You know, at home, one of the things that we did for our kids and for us, really, uh, this Lent was we weren't going to watch any television. We said, nope, we're not going to do any television, maybe on the weekends a little bit, but weekdays, we're not going to have any television on. If we have radio on in the background, it's going to be Catholic radio. We're going to listen to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're going to listen to Jesse and Terry. We're going to listen to The Bar of History with Dr. Mazza. We're going to listen to Catholic Apologetics. Um, you know, and we're going to listen to all these great shows because this is really what we want to feed ourselves with, and this is really what's going to lift our Catholic mental state. So a lot of times we get down on ourselves and we can say, Dr. Sandoval, I'm feeling depressed. What can I do? I'm feeling anxious. What can I do? My family member suffers from uh, mental illness. They're, they're having a drug addiction. You know, my husband's not doing well. He's suffering from stress and anxiety. It doesn't feel like our family's a cohesive unit. And, you know, a lot of times we, we say, well, we turn to the medication. We've got to go to the therapist. And I think that's great. We want to talk about how we're feeling. Another thing that we've got to do is we talk to our psychiatrist and we say, hey, we get a prescription and we get our chemical balance on, on track again, you know. If we did go through any traumas, if we did go through, through any anxieties, 
our serotonin is going to be off, our norepinephrine might be off, our dopamine might be off, and we can balance all of that. We can do that with a prescription, and that's great. We can talk to a therapist who might give us a different perspective on the world and on ourselves, and, and that's fine, too. I think these are all great things. But at the end of the day, one thing that we need to consider is what are we doing for ourselves spiritually? Do we take it seriously enough? Do we really believe that there's going to be a change with prayer? And I share this with you because during this Lenten season, as we've done that, I was sitting down talking to my wife, and we've talked about, you know, what has changed in our family this Lenten season since we decided to remove anything that really wasn't Catholic. And my wife was telling me, she goes, you know what? I feel, one, I'm surprised how much I don't miss watching any shows that I used to watch. Um, you know, I can tell that they were funny. I can tell that um, I was laughing at things. But I have to look at myself and realize that show, was it really bringing me closer to Christ? Was it really appropriate in terms of our Catholic morality? You know, and you can take your pick of shows. I'll be honest with you. I can watch TV shows, and they might not be appropriate, and they might, I might find them funny. I might find myself laughing because the situation can lead itself to being funny. But really i got to take a step back and say, even though that was funny, did it fulfill me in the long run, or do I need to watch the next episode? Or did I watch it really in the background knowing, ah, you know what, this, this isn't really what the Catholic Church teaches, but it, it was kind of funny, so that's okay. It kind of brought me out of my depression a little bit, my anxiety a little bit. But was it lasting? Was it the kind of peace that Christ wants for us? I'll tell you what, when I was sitting down talking to my wife and, and we were saying we were reevaluating this, we said, you know what, from now on, I don't think we're going to be watching TV anymore. You know, I, I don't see, I see, you know, a few shows here and there maybe that, that might be uplifting, but really, it's really helped us to evaluate what's the morality of what's being, uh, what we're consuming, what are we being programmed with, what are in, in these programs. You know, it might be subtle, and we might try to make up for it and say, no, nah, it's not that big a deal. It was just a little bit. It, it was just a little joke here and there that, yeah, it was off, off color. But at the end of the day, if we're going to reach perfection, if I'm going to be that thief who can be crucified with Christ and recognize Christ and say at the last moment, Christ, you are all that matters, why am I going to expose myself to anything that might take me away from that? Why am I going to expose myself to anything that might bring me down from that perfect level? And I think that that's another thing we notice. Our family is much more calm. It seems like, you know, the household, there is, there's always going to be issues going on. I'm not saying we're, we're not a perfect family. I think that every family is going to have certain things that they're going to grapple with. But it has seemed a lot easier when I take on the yoke of Christ, because what does Christ tell us? He says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you peace. I will give you rest. Take on my yoke, which is light. I really, honestly, I, I really felt that. I really felt that stepping away from the secular world, strictly listening to Catholic radio, Catholic shows, reading Catholic books, reading about the lives of saints, reading the Bible, because all of a sudden, if you're not watching TV, what I've noticed is, I've got all this free time that I didn't recognize that I was sitting in front of the TV, clock's ticking away, and all of a sudden, you know, time's going by. Now, without it, without it, I've got time to do stuff. I've been getting stuff done around the house that maybe I procrastinated before. But really, at the end of the day, what we felt is I really feel much more fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm missing things that are not of Christ. I really actually want to hear more about Christ. I want to feed myself more of Christ. And that's really what it comes down to. That's what, it really, what really matters. 
We're going to come up on the break right now. When we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about a few things that people have been worried about, people have been anxious about during this hunting season, because it can be a little harrowing to think the devil is still around the corner from the cross. Why don't we come back from the break? All right, welcome back to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are talking about how Lent is coming to a close, and what does that mean for us as Catholics? You know, it can be very, very stressful sometimes, for some people very peaceful, but for a lot of my patients it has been a little bit of a stressful time because sometimes we feel like we just don't measure up, Um, and that can be pretty harrowing. Why do we feel that way? When do we start to feel that way? And is it normal? You know, because some people say, I feel like I've been doing my best, and yet all of a sudden, I don't know. It's like I, I didn't really get to what I needed to get to. One of the things that can happen during this Lenten season that we cannot forget is ask yourself, how did this Lenten season start? Really, how does any Lenten season start? If we look at the Gospels, it starts, how did Jesus start his ministry, his mission? It starts with Jesus going off into the desert, right? And when Jesus goes off into the desert, after fasting for 40 days, And remember, this is after fasting for 40 days. So this is coming to the end of his fast, to the end of his time in the desert. This is the end of our time in the desert. That's all of a sudden when the devil comes around and says, hey, you think you've been doing well? Let me tempt you. Let me see what's going on in in your life. Are you ready to continue fasting? You've been fasting for 40 days. Gosh, you got to be hungry. You know, it's just, it's just one more day. What what if you eat that hamburger today? Nobody's going to notice. You know, you're supposed to be fasting for meat. But doesn't it look so good? Can't you just turn that rock into bread? It's very, very simple to start having these thoughts. And all of a sudden, some people worry that, wow, am I failing? Am I having these thoughts myself? Is this because I'm bad? Is this because something, uh, you know, something I did? Or am I not doing good enough? No, I would say I think we need to reevaluate it and actually ask ourselves, you know, am I actually doing something good? Did I actually start fasting? Did I actually start um you know, uh, being able to stick to my Lenten promises. And all of a sudden, um, the devil's there and wants to make us doubt ourselves, make us second guess ourselves. You know, gosh, if you were mean to somebody or, you know, it might be something like we've been doing really good and we, we, we kind of broke it one time. Let's say that we've been fasting or praying or we made a Lenten promise and we didn't keep it. Well, all of a sudden, does that mean that it's all over? You know, where there nothing, nothing matters anymore. No, it means that, Hey, you know what? I might've had a fall, but guess what? After every one of Christ falls during the, the way of the cross, during the stations of the cross, he gets back up, you know, he gets back up. That's really what matters. You know, when the devil's going to make you think, gosh, if you fell, if you're feeling depressed, that's where you should be. If you're feeling anxious, that's where you should be. You don't deserve more. And that's what's so crucial about the end of Lent here in terms of Holy Week. You know, we're in Holy Thursday. We are in uh, Good Friday. We're going to be Holy Saturday. We're going to be Easter. And this is where, as the devil's trying to tell you, you don't deserve more. You're not that good. We got to turn our gaze from that. We got to turn our focus all from that. And we got to focus on the cross. We got to focus. You were listening to the show before. It's very, very uh, important image that Jesse was sharing when he talked about the exorcist, uh, having people look at the feet of Christ as they're washing the feet, 
you know, this is very, this is, this is crucial because as we're looking at the feet of Christ, we're looking at that blood, blood coming down from the feet of Christ. And Christ is asking us, are you going to follow me? Are you going to get your feet bloody for me too? He, and he's, and when we look at the cross, Christ is saying, this is blood coming down and it's for you because I think you're worth it. The devil's going to tell you you're not worth it. That's always what's going to happen. That's where a lot of our Catholic depression comes from. That's where a lot of our Catholic guilt comes from. That's where a lot of our, you know, Catholic anxieties come from. What am I supposed to do? How do I handle this? But the reality is when we look at the cross, we have to, we, all, we usually think that Christ is going to judge us and he's going to send us to hell. You know, people say, oh, God's going to send me to hell. Oh no, I'm so depressed because I did something. I failed in my Lenten promise. I wasn't able to get my ashes for Ash Wednesday. And when we look at the cross, we really have to use the mind. This is a psychology. This is where we're in the clinic. How am I supposed to think about this? Christ is telling us, this is how much you're worth. You know, when somebody's telling you, yeah, you don't deserve it. You're not, you're not that good. No, Christ is telling us, you're worth me being up on this cross to bring you to heaven. That's how much you're worth. Now, I don't think that that means that we've got to get on our high horse and say, oh, well, that means that God's mercy is infinite. He's going to forgive me for anything. So I can do whatever I want and go to confession and it's fine. It's not that kind of a ticket. It's the kind of ticket that says, I think you're worth it. I've opened the door for you, but are you willing to follow me? Are you willing to follow in my footsteps and get your feet bloodied as well? Are you willing to see your own blood drip for me, for the kingdom of heaven? I did this for you. The door is open for you, but the path is not going to be easy. At the same time, you are worth it. This is what I've been telling most of my patients uh, and any of my Catholic friends who really have been struggling during the Lenten season or haven't been feeling their best or who feel like they're just not good enough. I remind them, you know, Christ has already told you you're good enough. We just have to remember that. You know, we do this all the time in therapy uh, when it comes to um, anything, really. If somebody's not feeling good, if anybody's ever heard of cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, you know, all we do in that is we challenge ideas, right? So people come in and they say, I feel like this. It's about how you feel, how you think, and how you behave. That's really what cognitive behavioral therapy is. And somebody says, oh, I feel this way. I feel anxious. Okay, well, let's take a step back. Let's challenge that idea. I realize how you feel, but what's, what's the reality? What are the facts? You know, this world is very good at, at following feelings, right? And, and saying, well, if you feel that, then it must be true. Or, you know, these feelings are what's making... Um, people move forward or think this way. But the reality is that it's not about how we feel. Feelings are important, of course. I mean, it's a driving force. Obviously, when we get to heaven, we're going to feel good. We're going to feel happy. These are very, very important feelings. However, we have to challenge our feelings and our emotions because they might not always be in tune with what is true. We have to hear both sides of the story or all sides of the story to get to the truth. That's really what I think this tritium is about. It's about, we got to challenge how we feel about, am I condemned? Am I going to go to hell? Everything I do is sinful or I'm feeling bad. And all of a sudden we look at the cross and we have to remember that cross is not condemning us. That cross is lifting us up. And this is where, you know, the devil and the cross, what's going to happen when we get closer to that cross, when we get closer to our final days in the desert, the devil's going to challenge that. And he's going to say, oh, do you really believe what you are saying. Do you really believe what you are trying to follow? So all of a sudden I'm going to say, you know what? I don't need any of these things. I don't need TV. I don't need, you know, what's going on around me. I, I just need to focus on Christ. And what's going to happen? The devil's going to say, mm, let me take you to a higher mountain. Let me, let me show you the kingdoms of the earth. Don't you want to be famous? Don't you want some of these things? Aren't you hungry? Don't you want to turn that rock into bread? You know, 
if you bow down before me, you're not going to worry anymore. I'm going to give you things. And that's really what the devil wants. He wants to be worshiped. You know, when it came to the cross, I'm sure that he thought he won. You know, at that point, he's like, yes, you know, the Christ is going to die and we're going to crucify him. And this is great. He did not understand Christ's plan. He did not understand that by doing so, Christ was going to open up the doors to heaven. And that's really what I've been telling my patients. You know, if any of you have been following the news, there was an interesting news article recently. Uh, one of my one of my friends was really disturbed by this, and they they called me up and they said, "What's going on with this? This is this does not make sense." You know, I'm in the middle of Lent, and all of a sudden I see somebody's making some shoes that are for the devil, tennis shoes, something as simple as as that, and and they've got these shoes that they're going to. Uh, um, make them demonic and they're going to put blood in them. And I was like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? I had not seen the article. And all of a sudden I, I started looking up this article and sure enough, there's a rapper who decided that he was going to make devil shoes and these shoes were going to have, you know, devil markings on them. And they were going to have, uh, I believe it was the number six, six, six on the side. They're going to be sold for an exorbitant amount of money. Um, and they were going to have a pentagram on them. And even the box, if I recall correctly, the box they came in was going to be filled with art of hell, really, you know, elevating and worshiping the satanic here. And, uh, one of the most interesting things I found was that the shoe was going to have a drop of human blood, or at least a, I believe it was human blood, but a drop of blood in the soul where there's going to be red liquid in there. And, uh, and so as I was reading this, I thought, wow, this is very disturbing. Like, who would even want to do this? Why, why would you do that? Who would even want to buy these? Apparently, they sold out. No surprise, right? They sold out as soon as they went on sale. But as I was talking to my friend, I thought, ah, this is very actually appropriate. Not surprising. And by appropriate, I mean, I'm not surprised that this is, this is the way it's working. You notice, what does Christ tell us to do? He says, walk in my footsteps. He is the way. Follow me. Well, why wouldn't the devil want you to do the same thing? Remember, everything that the devil does is going to be an inversion of what Christ does. So if you're going to look at Christ's feet, he's going to wash your feet. He's going to clean your feet. These shoes are saying, get your feet dirty. You know, Christ says, follow me to heaven. Follow me on the path to heaven. These shoes are, where are you walking? Where do your feet tread? Where are you leaving your footprint? Who are you following? And you're going to show by, by these shoes who you're following, who you're walking with right? How surprising is that, right? So these are very important things that, you know, you want to consider when you are um, looking at why are these things coming out? This is going to be, this can be pretty depressing. This can be pretty scary um, for us. But at the same time, don't be surprised because whenever we're going to celebrate something major, something big about Christ, you know, when, when, uh, when this comes up, the devil's always going to want to do quite the opposite and challenge it and show us how he can do the same and even better, right? So if you notice, if you, if you go back to Christmas, every Christmas, whenever there's a nativity scene out, there's got to be some kind of public display of, you know, a snake or uh, a snake around knowledge or apples or things like that. It can't be good enough that Christ came to, as the incarnate word to save us. No, there's got to be a challenge. Well, why not at the resurrection? Why not when Christ is telling us to follow him to the cross Whereas the other side is telling us to follow them to perdition, right? Literally to perdition. This is where the tritium comes in. This is where I want our listeners and our Catholic faithful and all of our friends to look at the cross and realize, yes, it is a scary image. And I can tell you, my kids, when we're watching even cartoons of Jesus dying on the cross and, and the resurrection, 
they get sad. They see that, and there's no blood on that one. It's a cartoon. It's for kids. You know, there's no blood, but they see, they do a good job of portraying how people hate Christ, how Christ is not treated nicely. You know, this is what kids say. They see Judas and they say, man, he's mean. And we say, yeah, that's part of the problem. You know, these people were mean. When we look at the movie, The Passion, which I wouldn't show my kids just yet. They got to be adults to see that one. But when we look at The Passion, we see this bloody scene. But what we got to remember, here's the difference. Here's the irony, right? What's the difference between the bloody scene of Christ and the blood that Christ shed for us versus one drop of blood in this shoe, right? What's the big difference? The big difference is that in Christ's bloody scene, he's saying, this is how much you're worth. You're worth every last drop of my blood. This is how much you're worth. Why did he give it? You know, if you look at the theology, Christ didn't have to, Christ could have saved us with one drop of blood. Christ could have saved us with, with no blood. It, 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 you know, it, there had to be a bloody sacrifice. But one of the questions is, well, why did Christ shed every last, every last drop of blood, even to the point where when he was on the cross, you know, the lance on the side and all the water and the blood came out? It's because that's how much he loved us. That's how much he had to give. He's saying, I'm going to give you every last drop of blood I have. That's how worth it you are. Versus if you look at these shoes, are you going to sell yourself out for one drop of blood? Hmm. Things to think about. This shouldn't scare us. This should make us realize how much God loves us, how much Christ loves us, and how much he wants to elevate us in the middle of this, uh, this weekend, coming up to Easter, in the middle of his suffering. More when we come back from the break. All right, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Um, and today is Holy Thursday. Thank you to all of our listeners for listening in. I am watching the live chat, and I want to uh, give a shout-out to all of our listeners who are currently on. Say hello to uh, Lilies and Thorn and Suzanne and Pauline and Colin. Uh, thank you for listening in. Um, and for all of your comments, any comments or questions are always welcome. Also, I want to remind our listeners, next week I'm also going to be doing a live show. Um, and next week I want to get started uh, on what I would say the Holy Hour Challenge. I'm going to start a Holy Hour, and I've been asking my listeners if they want to do this for me. I'm going to do it for 12 weeks. Uh, sometimes if you ever see those, you know, come to New Year's time, we do, uh, they start the workout uh, commercials and the diets, and they say, join us for 12 weeks and 12 weeks of this and 12 weeks of that. Well, there's a reason for that. It takes about 12 weeks for a full transfer- transformation of the body. What I want to do is I want to do a 12-week Holy Hour 12 hours, one hour each week on average. And next week, we're going to kick that off and we're going to talk about what we're going to do, what are the rules, and I want to focus on the virtues of faith, hope, and love. And so I'm going to be keeping track, uh, even if nobody else wants to do it, I want to do it. I'm going to be keeping track, I'm going to be keeping a journal as to if I can focus on faith, hope, and love for 12 weeks, uh, how is that going to transform my life? I don't want this Lenten season uh, to, even though the Lenten season is over, I don't want it to be that my sacrifice and my prayers are over. I want to keep doing, I want a new challenge every time um, so that I can keep focusing on the love of God and the love that he has for us and how really to put these virtues to work. Sometimes we, we think that the virtues are, 
kind of like trophies that should be on a shelf. And I think that I got to start thinking at least for myself, I got to think of the virtues a little bit more like tools that I need to use and I better turn on. Otherwise they're just not, they're kind of going to waste, you know, tools are meant to help build things and to help and to be worked and to be used. And I think the virtues are going to help us build ourselves and to be, uh, um, and to, you know, to, to build a better, a better me. Um, ultimately I want to use them as tools, faith, hope, and love. Look for that next week. What I'll be talking about next week is how I'm going to do this, what my plan is. Uh, and I want to keep a journal, uh, and I'll let you know how I'm going to journal that, what, what, how I'm feeling before I pray, while I pray, after I pray, but we'll go through that outline next week. Today, I definitely want to focus on what does the tritium, what does, uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, you know, Holy Saturday and Easter mean for us as Catholics. Um, it really means that this is where our, our triumph is Christ's resurrection. We can't say that that's his triumph. We have to say it's our triumph. Otherwise Christ would say, why did I do this? He's going to say, I did it for you. And I did it to elevate you. Are you going to follow me down this path? You know, it's very easy to start to think about, you know, during Lent, uh, everything I'm missing out on, you know, it's easy. We think I'm giving stuff up and we forget how much we gain. I got to tell you for myself, I, I, it was eye opening to realize even having a television or electronics on in the background now kind of seems like a waste. If I'm not hearing something from the word of Christ, if I'm not hearing, uh, something from Catholic radio, uh, if I'm not hearing something that is speaking about Jesus or the saints or something that's getting me closer to Christ, it, it doesn't seem worth it to me anymore. You know, every once in a while, it's okay to, you know, blow steam and watch a show here or there. But now I actually watch the shows. And as soon as I see something that, you know, a joke that's off color or something, it's not that I'm trying to be prudish. You know, some people might say, oh, that's so, that's so prudish. No, what I got to tell you is, as I listen to that, I'm like, no, I feel like that's bringing me down. I don't, I don't want to be prudish. Anybody can, I, I, everybody has free will. I don't tell people what they should or shouldn't listen to. All I can tell them is, trust me, this has been much better for me. And I think it'll do the same for you if you want to try it, if you so choose. And I think that's really what Lent comes down to what Christ is telling us. He's letting us choose. He's saying, you know, trust me, this is going to be much better for you, but you have to choose it. You have to make that choice. I don't want to walk in devil shoes. You know, the, 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 all that stuff, that's all just for show. And people think it's edgy and cool and for the moment. But what I worry about, um, is not so much, you know, I think our listeners are great and we're already here together and we're going to try to better our lives regardless of how we fall or, or what our weaknesses are. We're not going to focus on those. We're going to, we're going to recognize them. We're going to recognize our weaknesses and move ahead. But what I really focus on, especially having kids is what am I teaching my kids? What are the, what are the questions that are going to come up? Because when it comes to society here, um, and we see things like that, you know, I use this example of these shoes cause that just came up recently. I remember being a kid and, and wanting to play basketball and growing up. Um, and that was the thing, you know, we go play basketball in the background and in and, and the, and the blacktops and, and the playgrounds. And the biggest thing was, do you have the right shoes? You know, do you have the shoes with the, with the right brand? Um, and little did they tell you that, you know, your talent, it doesn't matter if you're talented, you can play in flip-flops and you're going to be amazing, you know, or you don't need a brand to make you good. That's really what Christ is telling us. But back then, I remember as a kid, you know, the brand is what made you. If you wore the shoes, all of a sudden you were better, you know, a particular brand. I worry about our youth if we don't teach them, if we don't let them know um, that this week is all that matters and that Christ is all that matters. And he's the one who gives us our value, that that crucifix that we see in church every day or every week, hopefully, um, 
is really a recognition of how much we are valued. Um, it's not morbid. Other people are going to tell you, oh, this is morbid. This is when you guys are cannibals. This is when, um, you know, you guys eat the body and blood of Christ, which Christ institutes today. You know, what a big deal this is for us. This is, this is the source and summit of our faith. Um, when we, when we're told that, you know, if people don't understand our faith, we're going to be told that we're practicing weird things, magic, voodoo, things of that nature, when in reality other people are. But I worry about our kids because when the advertisement is, hey, you got to have the right shoes, these cool shoes, you know, that's what's going to make you cool. Especially when some, a product like this comes out, it's like, oh, the devil makes you cool. Now we can talk about these shoes because they were at the forefront and all of a sudden they made a big deal. But are we aware of what music our kids are listening to? You know, and you can say, oh, yeah, there's some really intense heavy metal out there. And I've seen it, you know, where it's literally double worship. I mean, literally, there's, there's no even qualms about the lyrics and about how it's taking oaths to Satan and, and doing these things. You know, today's the day we take an oath to Christ. This is the week. This is our season. Easter, are we taking our oath to Christ? But I worry about the kids listening to this because they might say, well, I'm not listening to that direct devil, heavy metal, black metal, sacrificial music. I'm just listening to the, you know, this other hip hop stuff. Well, what's the morality? What's the moral message? It's a lot easier to hide the demonic in lyrics that are about modern, shall we say, uh, expressions of intimacy and love, which are really aren't intimacy and love. It's really disgusting. You know, when you listen to some of this music, you realize this is just pornography at the end of the day, but the kids listen to it and they're exposed as though this is something cool. I think from a psychological, from a clinical, from a therapy point of view, don't underestimate the power of being a parent because they're going to listen to that music. But if we don't speak, speak up with our own parental lyrics, they're not going to listen to our music, shall we say. And that's going to go in too. Trust me, at the end of the day, mom's and dad's music is going to be much more powerful. Whenever we tell our children, you know, I realize that that looks really cool, but trust me, Christ is much more important. Um, listen to this. Are, are we reading the Bible together? This is what brings up our Catholic mental health. Sitting around maybe at the dinner table or making time to even pick one verse from the Bible. This is really challenging to the brain and to the soul. And it really makes people wonder um, where we are headed, what we are doing, and what our purpose is, right? Because kids are, I mean, the, the devil's going to flood the advertisements and the music and the TV shows and everything all the time. So one of the things to consider is if I am, where are my lyrics? What am I going to flood my children with? Am I going to put up pictures of Christ and the saints around my house? Am I going to read the Bible a little bit? You know, I mentioned this because there's a lot of cases of child and adolescent um, uh, mental health where they come in and you see the kid and, and the kid might not be doing so well. And the parents come in and they say, gosh, you know, my child, they're not doing well. They need medication. They're yelling all the time. Uh, they're not listening to anybody. Well, a lot of times, you know, we don't tell the parents, but we look at the parents' relationship or what they're doing and we say, gosh, it's really the parents that are an issue, but sometimes you treat the kid because the parents aren't going to listen to, maybe you need to get your relationship together. Maybe you need to be more on the same page about something. Um, and if the parents can listen to that and take a step back, then all of a sudden they can start changing their own ways. Uh, then everything changes in the household. We can't forget we are still in charge. Don't let the devil take charge of your family, your heart, your faith. We are in charge of our family. And guess what? 
when I die and I get to the, before the throne of God, that's what he's going to ask us. He's going to say, I gave you a family. What did you do with it? You were supposed to be the head of your family. Did you take care of him? Did you tell them about me? Did you tell them that I was more important than all these things that the devil was trying to talk to them about? Did you put a block there? Did you even mention anything from the Bible? Because guess what? It's powerful. It is powerful. As parents, if, as long as we tell our kids, hey, listen, I read this, this thing from the Bible. What do you think about it? You know, um, this, this sounded important to me. Does this mean anything to you? At first, they might not listen. They might not even pay attention because they're so used to getting things from the outside that they might not even think it matters. Um, but over time, it matters. And guess what? All of a sudden, you're an adult. You find your kids are going to find themselves as adults. They're going to have their own families. And this is where they start to remember, oh, yeah, this is what mom and dad did because all of a sudden they have their kids. And guess what? What we don't do for ourselves we want to do for our kids. They're going to want to teach their kids the right way. They're going to want to say, oh, don't make the same mistakes I made. I didn't listen to my parents and they were telling me this. So let me tell you about this. And it might not stick at first, but over time, it definitely sticks. If you notice something, and you know, we can talk about kids this way, but if you notice something as we're going through Lent, it happens to us too. And I realize this, I recognize it for myself, taking that Lent, taking that step back and listening to nothing but good Catholic radio faith, television shows, movies. I was watching movies on the apparitions of Our Lady and Garabandad and Fatima. I was watching Lives of Saints and what they had to say. And it really helped to remind me because, yeah, I can say our kids are flooded, but, you know, we're flooded too as adults. I thought Lent was great to take that time, to take that step back and really remind myself as a Catholic, what does this mean? You know, by, by focusing my attention to all these secular things, I might not be buying those Satan shoes, but what path am I walking? Where, where are my shoes headed anyway? What kind of blood are my shoes picking up? Are they picking up the one drop of blood that all the society's offering and talking about money and talking about you can be your own self and pick your own thing? Or do I need to take a step back and recognize I did not create myself. I have a creator and I owe it to him that he gave me the gift of life. That That puts me truly in a position where I don't follow my will. I follow his will. I didn't make myself. I can't say, you know, oh, you, I, I didn't ask to be made. You know, that's really what it comes down to. That's what's going to lead us to hell. That's that pride and the lack of humility. But if we start doing that for ourselves and we start to expose our kids to it, you're going to see a whole different vibe in your house. And we're going to see a whole different twist on mental health in general with good Catholic healthy families. More about this when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome to the clinic. As always, we love to talk about our health, our spiritual health, our mental health, and our physical health, especially this week. What a great day to be here. I feel so blessed that I was able to come in. Uh, even if it was a little bit late, uh, we ran into a little bit of traffic issue, but made it. Uh, the Lord looks over us and he is good. Uh, but so, so special to be here on Holy Thursday. Um, you know, what a, what a, to kick off the tritium here. You know, this is probably my favorite time of the Catholic uh, the Catholic calendar. I mean, obviously Christmas is great, but really, and Christmas is fun, and I and I love the birth of Christ and and focusing on that. But when it comes down to it, you know, when it comes down to the Triduum, this is where I get inspired and I want to be there with Christ. I can't say I'm perfect. I can't say I've always walked the path of Christ. I can't say that I've always been there on uh, on 
on Holy Thursday and Good Friday walking with Christ. Sometimes, sometimes I've probably been Judas. You know, sometimes I've probably been St. Peter and denied Christ. Sometimes I've probably been one of the other apostles we don't hear about. But remember, they all ran. You know, they all ran. They, Christ was all alone. Uh, we can talk about St. John, uh, and he was there with him, and he was there with Our Lady at the foot of the cross. But nobody else was at the foot of the cross. And I got to wonder for myself, you know, how many times have I not been at the foot of the cross? Or how many times do I avoid the cross? I mention this because a lot of people say, well, Dr. Sandoval, you know, when I, when I feel depressed, when I feel anxious, uh, I'm feeling like I don't know what to do. Should I take my medication? Should I, um, you know, why do I need to take medication? Why did God make us this way? Essentially is what we're thinking because I don't want to have any pain. I don't want to feel bad. Um, and none of us do. And there's going to be a time for that. There is going to be a time where we feel no pain, where we don't feel bad. And boy, I look forward to hanging out with everybody here when we make it to heaven. When we make it to that state of heaven, um, we're going to have lots of time. In fact, we're going to have all of eternity to really celebrate. And that's really what this weekend is about. we got to remember that there is a price to pay. On this earth, we're going we're gonna to have our sufferings. We're going to have times like it's really annoying to take medication every day. Because for us, it's a reminder that there's something wrong with us. At the same time, turn your eyes to the crucifix. And that should be a daily reminder that there's something very right with us. That we are so worth it that Christ decided to die on that cross. He decided to take the punishment for us. Really, that's what it comes down to. If we think about why did this all come about? Well, let's remember there was a proto-evangelium. There was the first gospel from the words of God himself in the book of Genesis saying, I'm going to send somebody down to redeem these people. I am going to, there's going to be a lady and she's going to crush your head and her offspring is going to bring, you know, is going to bring everything to fruition and everybody's still going to get to heaven. You cannot stop my plans. That's really what God was telling the devil, you know? And so when we look at this, this is really what that comes down to. This is where it comes to fruition. This is where Jesus says, Nobody's going to stop my plans, even if I have to come down there and make up for the punishment you would normally deserve. This is the punishment we deserve. This is where Adam fell. This is where, um, you know, the uh, Eve fell. And this is where our original sin comes from. This is where we all end up deserving eternal damnation. And God says, nah, I'm going to change that. You know, the devil might throw a wrench into my plans, but we're going to change that. We're going to make it better. And guess what? I'm going to remind you that you are worth it and that you will be saved. And that even if it means I come down to hang on that cross and lose every bit of blood and be tortured and hit, because that's what would have been happening to you in hell. Maybe, you know, at that level, you'd be tortured for forever. So even worse, you'd be tortured for an eternity. I'm going to come down because your sins are temporal. You're in, in, in time and space. Um, and I'm going to come down and I'm also going to become part of that time and space. I'm going to make myself human. I'm going to, I'm going to be from being an omnipotent God. I'm going to make myself human so that, and I'm going to limit myself into time and space into, into flesh and blood so that I can make up for that sin. And now we can all be elevated. I'm going to bring myself down to a human level so that you can be elevated and share in a divine level. That's how much God loves us. So if I have to take my pills every day, that's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's annoying, you know, and some people have to take it twice a day. Some people have to take it three times a day. Some people have to take four or five pills. I have a lot of patients who say, you know, I, I don't, I just don't want to take this many pills. And I tell them, but you're stable on three different pills. I get it. It's hard. Yeah, but I just don't want to take this many. I get it. It's annoying to take that many, but it is part of the burdens that we have to carry. We can offer it up to Christ. 
I don't ever tell anybody to take any medication they don't want to um, because we are autonomous and, and you can do what you want to in, in that respect. All I give is my professional advice. But what I do remember and what I remind people is we all have different sacrifices. And if this is part of what's helping you feel even, hey, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, if you're not ready to take that many, that's okay. But regardless of what position we find ourselves in life, whether it be taking medication or having to put up with our neighbor or thinking that, gosh, you know, my spouse always does this and it's annoying. I think that if we can look at that cross and realize I'm worth it to God in spite of my own failings, I'm worth it to God. I can offer everything and anything as a sacrifice to God. I think of St. Teresa's little flower and, and the little way and how she talked about everything she did was just do it with love. What really that means, if I'm going to do something with love, it means it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm offering it to God. If I can do that, then boy, I'm, I made it to heaven. And I look at how much am I worth it? Because every little thing I do, if, if God came to save us, he didn't come to save a corporation or money or anything like that. God came to save me, which means that that's how important I am, which means that every little thing I do is that important. If you think about it, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, right now, I know politics are at the forefront. I tell you, I'm staying away from news and, and everything this week and, and this weekend. Uh, I think Jesse was talking about that too. He's staying away from everything too. And I'm like, yeah, I'm right there with you, Jess. Um, but if you look at it, what's on the news, every little thing that the president does or that a, a head of state does, or, you know, they sign something, they say something, they do something and it's on the news because that's how important that position is. Well, take, put all that aside and let's, let's look at that cross. If Christ is on that cross and he's saying, you are this important to me, then guess what? Every little thing I do matters. Every little thing I do is important to the point, to the point where if I'm going to have eternal life, Brushing my teeth is important. How I do that is important. Not in do I do it well, but what intention do I have in the mornings as I get up to get ready? What am I doing as I'm putting my clothes on? What am I doing as I'm speaking to my spouse or my children? Am I doing it with, with recognizing that that which I do is going to affect everybody around me? Um, and so I bet, and, and if I bring it with a positive light, even though I think I might be really small, I just made a worldwide change a worldwide change. If I am nice to one person, if I do something to be nice to the body of Christ, I just made a worldwide change. That's really what I want to think about this weekend. Christ sacrificed himself for us because that's how important he sees us and he wants us to be with us. There's nothing I shouldn't say that I wouldn't do for Christ. I'm human and I fail. I mean, honestly speaking, it, sometimes the challenges come up and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. It's too hard. But if I start to recognize what that is, what this weekend is about, starting today with the Last Supper, everything that Christ suffered today, as he knows he's going to get arrested, as he knows that one of his own apostles, one of his own priests is going to betray him, um, we have to look at what mentality, what mindset do I have to come in as a Catholic to say, I should be ready to suffer anything for Christ. I should be. Am I ready? Am I there? Probably not. But that's where I want to get to. That's where I want to keep praying. That's where I want to keep doing the virtues. And I know that if you were listening to before, uh, to the show before, uh, Jesse and Terry, they were talking about something very important now that I bring up Judas. Um, remember, that was one of Christ's apostles. That was a bishop, you know, who was there with him. And he's the one who betrayed Christ. The church is only going to break down from the inside. There's no way that anybody from the outside is going to bring the church down. And even Jesus said, the, the gates of hell are not going to triumph against my church. And guess what? Even if somebody tries to bring it down from the inside, there were 11 other apostles who were going to be faithful to Christ. I'm not saying they weren't weak because they all ran. Same way I probably would have. I would have been scared. But not all of them betrayed him. Peter had the heart. Peter wanted to be there with Christ. 
if we start to notice that, you know, maybe our prelates seem like they're not making Catholic choices, or we don't feel like we're being led correctly by whether it be our bishops or the Pope or our priest or whoever it is, pray for those priests, pray for them because you know, what's going on in them? This is, this is where the devil, the devil wants to challenge, challenge us during this Holy Week. Well, guess what? Who's really, what did Christ institute? He instituted the Eucharist and the priesthood. That's the biggest affront to the devil right now. The biggest affront is the Catholic mass, the Holy mass. That's when I'm going to be scared. When all of a sudden we're not allowed to celebrate the mass that Christ instituted today, that's when I'm going to say, okay, we're, we're in a, we got a problem here. You know, there's all these other things that are going to come up and they're going to scandalize the church. But if I can make it to the Eucharist, if I can get to Christ, this is what he instituted on, on Holy Thursday. This is the big one. This is the big deal. He left his body and blood for us. If I can follow that, guess what? I could probably put up with anything for Christ. The best way to be a good Catholic, if we want to have good Catholic mental health, the best way to practice our Catholicism is on our knees in front of the tabernacle. That's the ultimate place for a Catholic. There's no question about that. On our knees in front of the tabernacle, because that's eternity right there. That is heaven right there. There is no, um, there's no better place to be. If we don't find joy being there, we got, I, I want to work on that for myself because it can, it can easily be boring. My mind can get distracted and I'm not there recognizing Christ for us. But guess what? If I do every little thing with love, just like the little flower did in my, the times that I'm not in front of the tabernacle, if I join my heart to the heart of Christ, if I think about the sacrifice that Christ, that Christ did for me on that cross, and if I can get to the holy hour that Christ instituted in the Eucharist, that Christ institutes today in the Mass, the, south, the sacrament of the Mass, the source and summit of our faith, if I can get there, and if I can find total happiness there, I think I'm going to be much closer to making it. I mean, much closer to making it to heaven. That's what this weekend's about. Christ's sacrifice was about saving us. Let's not forget that, you know, and this is important because as we listen to this, um, you know, we want to remember that the tools we have, the commandments, the virtues, the sacraments, all these different tools that we have, I want to think of them as tools. We can think of them as burdens. You know, the commandments are like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Mm. I think of it more like now that I didn't watch TV and, and stayed away from electronics for 40 days, I think of it more as, wow, I think that was bringing me down in some ways that I didn't even recognize. You know, I didn't even recognize. I think the commandments are like, if you follow this, you won't be brought down. If you, these things are going to bring you down. That's really what it comes down to. It's not that I don't want you to have fun or I want you to recognize who you are. That's what God's saying. And he's saying, be careful. These are all pitfalls. These are all things that are going to bring you down. Follow this and you will be elevated. You know, and this is really why, you know, following this Easter, following this Lent, I want to do the challenge. I want to do the, the virtue challenge. I want to get to the point where I start using things as tools. And I don't want it to just end uh, when Easter ends. I want to keep following Christ. So we're going to keep doing challenges later on. For this weekend, I'd say to my listeners, hey, focus on Christ, nothing but Christ, the Eucharist, Christ, the resurrection, who we are as Catholics, and what we are bound for in heaven. After that, I want to keep doing with different exercises. We might start with the virtues and who knows later on, we'll focus on sacraments or something else. I want to use these tools so that we can build ourselves better so that we can present ourselves to Christ. I want to wish everybody a happy, happy Holy Week, a prayerful Holy Week, a sacrificial Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Good Saturday, so that we might have a very, very celebratory Easter. Um, make sure that 
you know, we keep our prayers up. And next week, tune in to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here at the clinic where we're going to talk about our virtue challenge and take that on uh, one week at a time for 12 weeks. Until next time, this is Dr. Luis Sandoval wishing you all very healthy spiritual lives, mental lives, and physical lives. We'll talk next week.